Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Indeed, that's us. It's me, that's you. Hi, Gabe. What up? Memorial Day is what What up. (laughs) We are back. No one important has listened, so we will continue on with our third hour of this 75-hour marathon. We're going to take you right up to the Bears opening kickoff. Is that what we're doing? September after Labor Day? Is that how long this radio show is going to (laughs) go? Something like that. Well, it might not, but we are going to talk Bears. Welcome in, welcome back to our Memorial Day broadcast here. I am Steve Rosenblum. He's Gabe Ramirez, and now we're going to bring in 670 scores Bears insider, man who covers the Bears, Cam Ellis joining us now. Cam, thanks for taking time on this holiday for us. Of course. How are you guys doing today? Doing good, now that we're not talking about the White Sox and Tony LaRenteria, (laughs) but we'll get back to that. We're going to discuss that. You know what is what people say and what they mean in the context. Let me run something by you because this is this is your current Bears quarterback. This is QB one. Okay. We're, we're kind of just trying to reculture or getting the culture in the building. I don't think our culture was the best culture last year. So that was Justin Fields talking. Said it to Bleacher Report. And the thing about that is that George McCaskey, if there was anybody awake at Hallis Hall, George McCaskey and Ted Phillips would have been fired because the reason they kept around Ryan Pace, who couldn't find a quarterback on a Manning cast, and they kept around (laughs) Matt Nagy, who couldn't teach a young quarterback, even if he were Pat Mahomes, because it's scheme, 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 it was all about the culture, how the Bears' culture was the best. Ted Phillips went on and on. Bears' culture, culture, our culture is the best. Our hallways are the best. We're the best. We're the best. We're the best. And he mesmerized by Ryan Pace's dandy, slick hairdo, as opposed to the fact that he was costing him draft capital. And he continued to cost them draft capital with a quarterback who just said this. So this idea of culture, is this... In, from what you've heard and what you've seen, it might mean something, but is this a flailing organization's inability to actually play football of NFL quality that will get you to the playoffs? I think that is a very, uh, you know, Chicago Bears jaded style question. Like, um, I, yes, I, I think it is it's exactly what you can 
expect from OTA quotes, right? Like the, the, you can't really go out there and be like, oh, wow, it's been two weeks and, you know, the new head coach, the new offense coordinator, like we're going to be way better because they're probably not. Um, and like everything's way different now because it's probably not. So y- you think of the one thing that at least the way I read it, you, you sort of point to the one thing where they can't, you know, intrinsically say, oh, that's not true. And that's, oh, the culture is different. So, yeah, like I, I didn't take much stock of it. You know, I, I think the culture was probably bad at the end of last year. I, if maybe even before, I think, you know, losing cultures just get bad regardless of who's leading them, so to speak. But yeah, I think it was, I think it was just sort of a, it's spring and we want to try and find something to hold on to for improvement and, and not a whole lot more than that. Cam, the problem is I still don't know what the culture is, especially with the, <laughs> with the new coach that's in place right now. That's the, that's the biggest issue I have. I, I want to talk to you about, the player personnel that the Bears have uh, on their roster right now. I I was mentioning in a previous show, you know, who I felt needed to make the biggest leap outside of Justin Fields. I mean, obviously everyone would love him to play better this year. But I'm curious as to who you feel on this roster, offense or defense, should elevate their game the most year over year um, out of all the players, who you feel like that should be. I think it's the tackles, honestly. I think it's Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum because, you know, you're, we saw what happened when Justin Fields didn't play in front of a good offensive line last year. And it was like, a, like a, a, I, I still remember the Cleveland nine sat game, like the back of my hand. It was a disaster. And if Justin Fields is good, you know, a rising tide raises all boats, so to speak. But if, if he's still getting hit six, seven times a game, if he's still getting sacked three, four times a game, like that is – the Bears aren't going to be able to improve, and that's going to start setting in problems for Fields. They're, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be things that set in. They're going to be habits that set in if he is constantly worried about getting crushed. So I think it's the tackles. I think it's figuring out who's a left tackle and who's a right tackle, and if they even are left and right tackles. Like, I, I think it's going to be a big year for them just because. They are the presumed starters, and we don't even know how good they are yet. Or if Tevin Jenkins can stay healthy, which has never been something he has particularly done. So, you know, I think there's arguments for everyone across the board. You know, Cole Komet needs to have a, a, a good year at some point, you would think. Um, you know, Darnell Mooney needs to sort of step up in this wide receiver room. But I, I do think it's the tackles just because they're going to be the ones that keep Justin Fields upright, and they're going to be the ones that let him progress the way he needs to progress. Our guest is Cam Ellis. He covers the Bears for the score. That's us, Chicago Sports Radio 670. And he's joining us on the score hotline presented by Casino Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Interestingly, Bears fans will now have to reorient themselves with football because the Bears have provided themselves an extra blocker. They have a fullback on the roster. They're going to use that. And I think that is the way you help deodorized rookie linemen and a hole at right guard, and you don't know what you're going to get. How does this play out with a fullback? I hate to be a bummer, but I just don't think it's as plays out as differently as people think. Like I, I know that's the absolute worst answer I can give, but like I, you know, there's the, the 49ers have a all pro fullback, and he works well in the offense, and that's sort of still just like. A, a fun aspect of it. Uh, you know, it'll be nice. I think it'll help in the red zone. I, I think that the Bears were such a woeful red zone team last year and never never hurts to have a, a versatile type player who can also block as well as fullbacks are supposed to be able to block. But I don't, 
I don't see it being this huge game-changing piece just because that's this is not really how fullbacks work. And it it's definitely fun. Like, I, I love the idea of them having a fullback on the team. And I think there are actually modern uses that they can they can put to use, so to speak, with a fullback. It's, I don't think he's not just going to be, you know, opening up holes for Dave Montgomery to, to get four yards to carry in. But I, I don't see it being this, you know, I don't see it being the difference between six and eight wins. Like, I, like I'm sure some Bears fans out there do. It's good to have the blocker, though. Good to have that extra yeah, block out yeah. there. 20 and 0, my friend. <laughs> Just in case. Um, but the guy who's running behind that fullback, of course, David Montgomery. You haven't heard a lot about him in this offseason, even though he was your vocal leader on the team majority of last year. Do you expect David Montgomery to have, like, what should we be expecting? Do you expect him to have more or less, and regardless of the fullback, do you, but, but the kind of year he's going to have under this in this offense, do you feel like it's going to be a better David Montgomery than we've seen, which has been good, very good, by the way? Or do you think there's gonna, you're going to get more or less the same from from him in terms of output and production? I, I think more or less the same. You know, he's sort of shown who he is as a running back. You know, he, in three years, he's always between 800 and 1,000 yards, you know, between six and eight touchdowns. And there's plenty of production there. You know, I, I think he is an integral part of the offense, and I think that, you know, the the, the Eberflus getsy style offense does bode well because it will be a, a a predominant not predominantly, but it will be heavy in the run. So he's gonna get his he's gonna get his touches, he's gonna get his opportunities. Um but but I think at this point you sort of know who David Montgomery is. And I think that is a good running back, but I don't expect some huge, you know, ascension or leap just because I, you know, there's there's enough of a sample size there. You know, you, you could always – there's always the argument to be made that someone's peaking or getting better or whatever it is. But I think with the way that running backs sort of progress in the NFL today and the way that they're used and the way that their life – their careers seem to sort of span out over a half dozen years or so, we sort of know what we're getting from Dave Montgomery, which is what we've gotten the last three years. We're talking with Cam Ellis. He covers the Bears for Chicago Sports Radio 670 score. That's who we are. So, Matt Eberflus, I'm already tired of these acronyms and hits, and, <laughs> and he is the L, oh my goodness. So, it's really awful. It's high school stuff. Um, there's a lot of new players on this team that probably will have to buy into that and believe it. They'll, it'll be a while before we hear their eye-rolling. But the idea that this guy's telling you how great the guys his administration drafted are in the secondary in um, Gordon and Brisker, and they're making takeaways, which he doesn't realize apparently that that means your offense sucks and that's still your <laughs> oh, offense, man. Matt Eberflus. If Brisker and Kyler Gordon are making plays in OTAs, they're making plays against your crappy offense. So you have to take responsibility for that too. The idea that Jalen Johnson, the only reliable thing in the secondary, is a second teamer now, this this sounds like a really a basic, you know, high school coaches kind of thing of, oh well, I'm gonna take the star of the secondary and I'm gonna make him a second stringer to send a message to everybody. Or maybe I'm missing the point. What is the point? <laughs> That is a, a, a question I don't feel equipped to, to answer in any sense of what is the point. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> I you have don't, to. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I don't quite get it either. I, I'm not. I, 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 uh, I firmly believe in not reading too far into OTA things, and I'm going to 
apply that here against all my better judgment because I love nothing more than a little bit of OTA controversy over Memorial Day weekend. Um, but <laughs> okay. I, I, I think it was kind of weird. I agree. You know, Jalen Johnson's really good. And I think that, you know, if you want to say, oh, it's, it's conditioning or whatever, that is fine, but also maybe not something you should just put him on blast for at a press conference. I don't know. I, it was a weird move. I, I, I want to, I'm not, I still think Jalen Johnson is going to be a starter this year unless something really just went terribly wrong, and then that's its own conversation that we can have in August. But I, I, I think is probably just a – you know, I'm going to take Matty Rufluse on his word right now. And I, and I know that it's, it is very easy to not take football coaches on their word because their word doesn't mean a whole lot a lot of the times. But I am going to – I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt now just because it's early and say that it was a conditioning thing or it was just a – an evaluation thing in terms of the other guys on the team, but it, it was weird. And I, I think it was an odd need to sort of, you're right. Take the, the one very, very, very notably talented player from a past regime in this secondary and be like, no, you're a second stringer. It was a, it was a weird move. I, I don't want to call it a misstep yet, even though it, it does personally tempt me between you and me. I mean, if we're going to use Eberflus's logic there, then, Field should be running with the twos as well, right? Because you want to get a, you want to see the ones with the twos and the twos with the threes, and we just want to see our guys out there. Um, I actually liked it. I didn't mind it. Hey, you gonna want to make a statement? Everyone here needs to earn their job, and and you know you're gonna get in when you get in, and if you're not here when I when I want you here, then I maybe I'm gonna make a make a, an example out of you. Um, I wanted to talk to you, Cam, about uh, this division, the NFC North. Bears finished. Third, six wins. So I heard you touch on that a second ago. Do you feel like the, the standings are going to be exactly the same as they were last year? Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago, Detroit. Or do you feel like there's going to be some, some change over there? I think generally. I think, I think Detroit is going to surprise some people. I, I do think they are a good football team. They drafted really well. They have a really strong offensive line. You know, it's, it's weird, but Jared Goff actually played kind of well at the end of the year. Like they, they, I think they are if any team is going to make a huge leap to sort of contend and punch with the Packers, it's going to be the Lions. I I think the Vikings kind of are what they are in that they are they just all perpetually seem like an eight-win team, and it feels like that's going to be the case again. Um, I think the Bears are a six- or five-win team. So I, I could see a world where maybe, you know, the Lions surprise some people and finish second with eight or nine wins, and the Bears surprise no one with four or five wins, um, and uh, and that is the switch that's made. But yeah, I think it's still the Packers division pretty pretty handedly, and I don't see anyone outside of some disastrous season in Green Bay making it even. I don't see anyone really competing with them at least this year. Cam, the the way the division lines up is that that Dan Cannibal has a chance to make this team better. <laughs> the players the Bears drafted would play to another team's weakness in a huge way. Green Bay had special teams problems. So the guy like Bayless Jones Jr., who might be a receiver, might be somebody the other teams have to be threatened to recognize. But as a kick returner, this looks like old Bears Lovey Smith football where the special teams become dangerous. How do you rate that? As a as a player, it doesn't matter whether they, what round they picked him in. They picked him. He's here, and he is on multiple fronts a threat. How much? What do you expect? What do you think is realistic as an expectation for him? Uh, it's a good question. I, you know, I, you can't like everyone says you can't teach speed, and so there's always that aspect to it. Like there's he brings a a a, a skill set that is just 
so valuable, even with, you know, the NFL being notably faster than it was 10, 20 years ago, he still has that upper end speed. And I think, you know, for a guy that maybe is not cut out to be, like you said, a, a, a full on receiver that, that really plays well for special teams, you know, these, these, these wide receivers that are sort of on the bubble late round draft picks, they're going to, they're going to make the team if they can play special teams too. And, and I think there's, you know, who better to understand the value of the dual wide receiver special teams are than, you know, Bears fans. It is, it, it's worked across the board over multiple teams. So I don't expect him to be wide receiver one, two, or three. I, I just don't, that's not really, I think, a realistic expectation. But yeah, I think he can be an absolutely valuable asset as a special teams player. I think he's going to have his moments just running down the field as fast as he can, both, you know, catching passes and returning punts, which the Bears desperately need. You know, they, they, they needed a deep threat, and I don't, I don't care that he's 25. I think it's weird that, and, you know, and I think it's weird talking about 25-year-olds being old. Um, I, I don't personally care for it. It makes me feel older than I am. So I, I, he'll be fine, you know, and I think that he'll, he'll fit a role that the Bears very clearly want to – want to keep on their team um he'll be there are things he can do if if they're trying to use him for everything that is not going to work because he's not a guy that can do everything but if they know if everyone's on the same page about what he can do and the couple you know the two three four skill sets that he can really use to advantage i don't see a reason why he can't be a productive player just because he has that ability and and he, he does things to nfl defenses that they can't defend against just don't suck there you go. Try not yeah. to suck. Yeah. There you go. Cam, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Have a good holiday. Of course. Of course. Yeah, have a good weekend, guys. Cam Ellis uh, covers the Bears for Chicago Sports Radio 670. That's us. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Gabe Ramirez. Our discussion of Tony Laurentaria and our criticism has resulted in text criticism of us, me. So, And, and guess what? <clears throat> Tony Laurentaria had other things to say about another manager. And so we're going to discuss that. Next, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Hey, I know those guys. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Gabe Ramirez. We are here for your Memorial Day entertainment. Hope your holiday is going to be a good one. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy friends. Enjoy. I don't want to say happy Memorial Day. I think it's inappropriate. Memorial Day is to... more solemn, commemorate people who gave their lives so we could have freedom in, in this country. Yeah. It's people who, who in support of their country, in support of the flag, support of what being United States citizen gave their lives. And they fought for the freedoms we have. So if someone's going to a barbecue today, Steve, mm-hmm. as they walk in the door with their potato salad, Mm-hmm. What should they then say? Because we need the alternative. Hi. How are you doing today? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's wrong with that? Here, I brought potato salad. You could say that. <laughs> okay, fair. Don't uh, I it. just, I just doesn't, it just rings wrong. Happy. You know, it, when people tell me happy Yom Kippur mm-hmm. or good, good Yontif, but it's not. The Yom Kippur in the Jewish faith is the, the, Actually, the most dreadful day of the year. It's a day you atone for all your sins. It is the most painful day to be in temple. The prayer book is designed so that you're standing up and sitting down and reading reading these dreaded kind of prayers that just 
force you to either reflect or seek professional therapy for, (laughs) but this is the kind of, this is that kind of day. It's just not, you don't say happy Memorial. Hey, happy dead person day. But it's a day that commemorates people who gave their lives for the freedoms we have. And that becomes very that has become very important. Came to the forefront with Tony Larusa saying something laughably stupid again about what, as an American, you have a right to do. So, after the mass shooting at Evalde in Texas, Gabe Kapler, the Giants manager said that he would no longer participate, would not stand up for the anthem for the to respect the flag, he says, and until things get better in his view in this country, until things change. That's the way he put it. You read that, right? Oh, yeah. You, know, you saw yeah. that. You heard him talk about it. I felt as though my initial thought, to be very honest with you, Steve, was that it was a, a direct response to Steve Kerr. <laughs> They're right there in the same space, right? The in, uh, in the Bay Area, in the Bay yeah. Area, and and Steve Kerr went viral with his emotional post game speech. Mm-hmm. And my initial thought was, is he trying to then have an equal, equally impactful moment by stating something like that? But then when you hear him speak about it, you realize that he's just equally as passionate as Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. And it's welcomed in in the Bay Area. It was not welcomed necessarily in the Sox dugout when Tony La Russa was asked about Gabe Kapler's decision to basically sit out the national anthem and to to not stand up for this this um, salute to the flag. Here's his response yesterday. Point three. I think he's exactly right to be, which a lot of us who isn't concerned about you know, what's happening in our country. In every direction you go, there's there's a lot of concern. He's right there. Where I disagree is that the flag and the anthem have are not appropriate places to try to voice your objection. I cannot imagine that he continues to repeat, repeat this laughably stupid argument. He has made this before. The flag and the anthem represent exactly the opportunity, sometimes the demand, the obligation Mm. to protest, to present some kind of dissent. They are founded on exactly that. Freedom to protest, freedom to assemble, freedom of speech. The The most famous protest, the most famous silent protest in sports, Colin Kaepernick, right? Yep. What did he do? Take that knee during the national anthem. Okay. He said nothing until he was asked. He had been doing it for a long time before he was asked about it. Hmm. Then he gave his thoughts. Do you know who encouraged him? You know where that idea came from? I believe it was a serviceman, correct? A Navy SEAL. We rank, of all of the servicemen, all of the men willing to give their lives, we rank, I do anyways, 
Navy SEALs. They are they're the all first team all first team yeah. servicemen, right? Yeah. And it was a Navy SEAL who said, I fought for your right to be able to take that knee to protest. That's a freedom you have in America. The flag and the anthem are exactly the time to make that. Because when would you do it otherwise? When you get pulled over for a DUI? Steve, I I love your stance. And you know there are people out there that obviously stand on the opposite side of that. And so uh, so although I love hearing you say, you know, why it's okay, I'm really more interested in hearing what you'd have to say to those that wholeheartedly disagree with it like Tony. I did. I just told him. I said he's wrong. It's laughably stupid to think that the United States founded on freedom of speech. Found, read the Bill of Rights. Read the Constitution. Look what your rights are. You can. You have freedom of speech not to be abridged by the government. You have freedom to assembly, peaceable assembly. Right? Sure. And Gabe Kapler's doing that. Colin Kaepernick was doing that. Tony Russo doesn't want you to be able to do that in the face of the flag that was established for freedom, for those kinds of freedom. That's why I think it's laughably stupid. It's a bad stance. When would you, when is it okay? And the idea that he thinks he can tell you when to protest peaceably, quietly, to mount it and have your sure. opinion, that's laughably stupid. So why do you think they feel like that? Like why, cause, because cause that's because, a big argument in a lot of these situations where you feel that, hey, don't disrespect the flag. Don't, but then why do you – but here you are stating facts. Then why do you feel like people feel so strongly in opposition of those types of protests? Because they're guilty about their own failures, their own they, – they question their own patriotism. They want to be able to control lives. Mm. It's a very it's, – it's, I believe it's politically driven, and they're, they're, they're – there is a there's a reason to the, the people certain political parties want to keep you under control want to keep it under control want to tell you when you can do this when you can do that want to have a great it's not protecting my freedoms they want to direct my freedoms mm. it's not protecting your freedoms they want to direct your freedoms tell you what you can and cannot do if the founders of the country thought it was inappropriate to do anything to the flag or the or the national anthem or the or anything that represented America, they would have told you what they they were. And they wrote down what they thought the freedom should be. And within them they wrote the limitations or lack of limitations. Nothing against and the Supreme Court, yeah. Supreme, you can burn a flag. You, you can burn a flag. It, it is your expression. Now, if you burn someone's house down, you're going to be in trouble, right? <laughs> right, right, But right. you can take a neater in the national anthem. This, this becomes much more, when you become that jingoistic and nationalistic, you fail to learn, I, I believe, you fail to learn the lessons of your basic civics class, the things they teach in grade school. You are given the freedom of speech, not to be abridged by government. See, people confuse freedom of speech when they talk about it. Yeah. And they think freedom of speech is, well, I you you can't say that. I don't want you to say it. Well, I can say that, and you can have your opinion too. Hey, you can't have that opinion. Well, I, yes, I can. I'm allowed to. 
and it's to be abridged by government. And you wonder, well, how can a company, he's allowed to have freedom of speech. Why does a, com- why does a company get to fire from? Because the F- First Amendment doesn't protect you from a company. Hmm. It protect, pr- protects you from a government, government abridging that. And it allows for peaceable, for assembly, for protest, for all forms of that within within the con the confines of what the founders the framers of the constitution believe were legitimate and they wanted to escape the yoke of king george and the british and those people telling them what they could do and when they could do it and that was the founding that was the reason this country was founded and it's you listen to tony give his speech in the beginning he praises them hey yes I feel like there are issues in our country as well. I think it's the next step when he then says, but the way he's going about it, it's like, hey, well, just let, let everybody, like, why are you so concerned with how other people are trying to address the situation? And I think that's my issue. Where, is, is, is that affecting you that much? Is, is that affecting you? Is him not standing or not being out and present for the national anthem, is that affecting you more than what his stance actually is and what he's doing it for? Because that's what it seems like when you say something like that and you argue on the other side of it. It's, it's you are disregarding what he's trying to stand for and you'd rather highlight the fact that, you know, someone shouldn't be doing that. And that's been the issue for the last several years since the Colin Kaepernick thing where no one, you know, most people when they're arguing against it, they fail to look at what he's actually trying to protest. And they're trying to make the argument about something else. Right there. They're trying to make the argument about control. Tony is a, as a manager and probably as a lawyer, he's all about control. Lawyers are all about, you know, don't, don't let something get out of hand. Don't ask a question you don't already know the answer to. And you want to be in control. So when's the right time to, when's the right time to protest? Is it when you're getting booed while taking, you're leaving Johnny Cueto in too long? Is it, is it when it, Tim Marchman of the uh, uh, editor, at, uh, features editor for uh, Motherboard had a tremendous line. The appropriate place to try to voice your objections are at the roadside after a cop has pulled you over for drunk driving and you want to let them know you're a Hall of Famer baseball person Ouch. so they should let you do your thing. <laughs> Ouch. You know, when when is the appropriate time to say you're a Hall of Famer baseball person while you're trying to get out of a DUI? <laughs> but that's that's essentially what Tony LaRenteria is trying to do here. And I, I think he's allowed to have his opinion. He did have his opinion. I'm allowed to think that it's laughably stupid because the country was founded on and has it's been reinforced that you are allowed to show your nationalism Forced nationalism is never going to work. That 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 kind of jingoism sure. never going to work. You're allowed to have those freedoms as long as they don't impinge upon someone else's freedoms. And if you don't like the way Gabe Kapler's protesting or the statement he's making, you're allowed to turn away. But really, he's not doing you any harm. Yeah, not hurting you. Um, what do we di- have? Phone calls. People want to talk about this. Caesar is that the deal? Let's let's hold off on that. Right. And we'll come back. We've apparently lit up. It's not quite. We don't have quite the number of phone calls, Gabe, like when we told the city they were out of pot. Yeah. But we've apparently sparked something. That's always a, this is always a topic that's going to get the people going. Well, it's fine. We'll hear what they have to say. We, you know what? That's part of having freedom of speech. True. 
You can vent yourself. You can protest here on The Score. <laughs> Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. That's me, that's him. Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez here. I got a text from Sully, Paul Sullivan, Chicago Tribune. Hey, thanks for talking about the whole TLR manifesto. And TLR wanted... The way Sully phrased it was, don't forget he asked reporters to promise to report the whole manifesto before answering. And Matt, Sully is not lightly choosing the word manifesto. You can, <laughs> you can connect your own dots there. Anyways, we were talking about Memorial Day, and I had said, and and how laughably stupid I thought Tony opin- Tony Larusse's opinion was that you could that the there's an appropriate time to protest. I mean, it's it's actually what Tony Larusse said was unpatriotic. That's what it is. He, it's unpatriotic to tell somebody when they can and cannot, when it's appropriate, when it's not appropriate to I protest. Love I love that. It is unpatriotic because this company was this country was founded on those freedoms, expressly set out Bill of Rights, the Constitution, what you are allowed to do, not allowed to do. The framers had this in mind. So Tony LaRusse is being very unpatriotic in his comments that Gabe Kapler was, well, he agrees thing with Kapler things should be things need change in this country, need to be improved. But that's not appropriate. The flag and the anthem. No. You're unpatriotic, Tony. There you go. There's my opinion. So I had said also, we had discussed, yes. that my opinion was don't don't say happy Memorial Day because I just don't think there's anything happy about death. My, I had an uncle I never knew. I was decade, it was over a decade before I was born that he had died as a flyer in World oh, War wow. II. And so many people gave their lives for the freedoms that we have. For I have the freedom to call Tony LaRusa being unpatriotic about when it's appropriate Preach. to salute, when it's appropriate to protest. Um, and I just didn't think it was appropriate to say happy Memorial Day. So we got this text here at Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score from the 773. Steve, retired Navy CPO here. It is okay to say happy, happy Memorial Day, and this is all caps, afternoon today. Flag, unless overcome by proclamation, is half staff slash mast until almost noon. A brief memorial is done and flag is raised to full staff. Then it proclamation states it is lowered back to half Unless, so at noon, you can say Happy Memorial Day. And I'd, I'd never heard this. Ever. Fascinating. We all, all of us grabbed our phones and immediately Googled it. And what comes up is va.gov. And, and what comes up is on Memorial Day, the flag should be flown at half staff from sunrise until noon only. And then raised briskly to the top of the staff until sunset in honor of the nation's battle heroes. So that you can say happy Memorial Day afternoon, right before first pitch today here on The Score. We'll take you up to 1130. Zach Zaidman will be here with a pregame show from 1130 till 1205, first pitch 1205, and afternoon. 
I did, I had no idea. It makes me happy knowing that when I walk in with my potato salad, yes. I no longer just have to say hi. You're obsessing with this potato salad. Are you bringing <laughs> my potato recall. salad? That's my to- recall to my joke. That's was my, yeah. was my recall there. <laughs> but it's, I'm happy that I can say happy Memorial Day now. You can. And I encourage that because a retired Navy CPO let us let it, and it's true. I never knew that. They don't teach this in civics class where they teach me that I can have my own kind of protest as long as it doesn't infringe upon the rights of others. Our phone number is 312 644 6767. People have dialed it. I don't know. You you tell us what order you want this, Caesar. Sure. I, I didn't know if the sounder was going to be appropriate. No, let's here. not do that. We're, we've done so, that. So uh, we're going to start off with Ted in Skokie here. Ted, welcome to the score. How are you today? Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Um, Yeah, I mean, the one thing I think we need to do is be fair to the athletes um, and coach or manager Kepler. None of them have ever said that they're actually protesting the military. And so I think we can take their word for it that they're not. But I think what's happening is people just are deflecting from the real issues. So instead of talking about police brutality or talking about the problem with guns in America, they'll just say, oh, you're protesting the military. And then they can just simply dismiss, you know, what they're saying or doing. Right. They're and doing the it's, it's part of the it's part of what they're part of the, dis, the you're right. Distracting from the real issue of, oh, you're un-American. That's our flag. That's how can you be that way? And it's such a a um, it's such a thin veiled attempt at showing how shallow you are. And I feel as though he was Absolutely. talking more so about the state of America. Kapler, as opposed to the military itself. So I don't know if he was necessarily deflecting in that particular moment, but because I, I think he was trying to draw attention to just the way of America right now. Yeah, and that happened to, to be in the headline. There are two mass shootings. Yeah. You know, there's one every day now. And and the topic of 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 though that situation, and that's what's wrong with America, that we're on this rampage, and this is the only country where this happens and and the only civilized country where this happens is is really it, it's despicable. And you're you're telling me when I can protest something that is killing children, and when it's not. If that was that's the connection that Gabe Kapler was going to make, then then you're wrong. It's just laughably stupid. Al and Joliet, you call the score, and now you're on the score. Hey guys, I. Uh... I like your show. I like the way you guys uh, attack different types of uh, problems we got. But, you know, Steve, you're, you're kind of in the same boat with Tony. I mean, I, and what I'm saying is Tony was asked how he felt about the Gabe Kapler thing. He gave his opinion. He's a very uh, popular, if you want to call it that, uh, manager in Chicago. But you're a very popular. He's host. not very popular. Well, but, you know, that could be. How can we say that? Uh, let's say he, there's a lot of people that, that like to hear what's said about him. And the same goes for you. But my point is he's given an opportunity to give his response, and you're telling people that he's laughably stupid. Well, that's kind of the same thing. You gave your opinion. He gives his opinion. Right. And that's, that's what's him. great about America. There's not an appropriate time for me to have an opinion or an inappropriate time for me to have an opinion. And I just, and he's welcome to have an opinion about my opinion of his opinion. I, I'm not saying he shouldn't have. I'm not saying he shouldn't voice his opinion. But a person of whether he's popular or not, Al, at least he's 
He's notable in Chicago. And, you know, that's the right term. Yeah. Okay, and he holds the same position here that Gabe Kapler holds in San Francisco. He's manager and yep. and that of of a a a a team in the headlines. And he had they have conflicting thoughts on what's appropriate and what's not. And I have no idea where the basis of a of someone who is skilled in as a lawyer is in circumvention of the law. <laughs> where you get the logic that is so twisted that you would defend the laws of the country and the laws that allow you to protest that way, and he doesn't think it's appropriate. He's welcome to think that, and I'm welcome to think that that's a laughably stupid stance. Well, do you think that possibly it has to do with an age thing? I mean, Tony's pushing 80. You know, it's maybe a generational, you know, because our parents grew up, I don't know if it's it could it could be socio, could be economic, could be political, could be agent age thing. I I have no idea. I just know he said it, and that's what I'm. And and, and to be fair, Al, I think uh, Steve Steve didn't have an issue that he voiced it, right? Because then that that's what I think the point that right. you're making because I don't think his issue is that he voiced it. It was just more about the content of what he voiced, right? So I think when you're talking about the freedoms of speeches and. And again, you know, maybe Steve pointing what Tony LaRusso set out, I think, and then you saying, you know, but Steve had an opinion as well. I think that's just it. There's no issue with the idea that you're able to voice it. It's just more so speaking to the content of what he actually said. Yeah, and that's the nice thing about where we live. Uh, we can sit around, have a beer, have a different kind of opinion and walk away and still say, OK, well, no big deal. You got a different opinion than I do. I'll that's and, and that's what we're that's what we're discussing. And it's if a, only America could actually work like that, where a, people had differences of opinions. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, Al, I appreciate the call. Thanks for calling in. We got one more call before we take a break. We're going to go talk with Bart Winkler in Milwaukee after this. Paul and Valpo, welcome to the score. Hey, good morning, guys. I guess we figured out uh, Steve's. Uh, I guess uh, nitpicking of Tony Larusa and everything he does. It's more of a political thing than it is actually a baseball thing, but. I guess my point would be, I really don't care what Tony LaRussa or Gabe Kapler or Steve Kerr, but especially Steve Rosenblum, think about politics. What is what are they doing to make it better? So Gabe, Kapler not talking out, about politics. I'm talking about patriotism here. Yeah, no, you're I'm not. Talking I'm talking about, about politics. You always do. You, you took an opportunity on Memorial Day to bring this up and, and get people started up on it. And my point is, Gabe Kapler hasn't protested the homelessness problem in San Francisco. He hasn't protested gun violence on the streets of where he lives in the area where he coaches. You should call him about that. You should call him yeah. about that, Paul. You seem and pretty he, angry. I you should be pretty I fired up about that. What you think about any stick to sports, bro. Uh, I am. And a sports figure voiced his thoughts on <laughs> America today. And so did I see that's <clears throat> That's laughably stupid. The idea of stick to sports because sports in a lot of ways, shaped the country. Sports was incredibly, we just, we, Tim Anderson was just said, was was just insulted by a guy who said, hey, what's up, Jackie? Yeah. And we're talking about sports' most significant figure ever, Jackie Robinson, right? Yeah. And you don't tell anyone to stick to sports when you're dealing with Jackie Robinson on sports is is a is a mirror in a lot of ways. It's a prism 
in a lot of ways for what goes on in America. And the idea of stick to sports is laughably stupid because you cannot get away from it. All right. I will step down from this soapbox and we're going to go behind the cheddar curtain. The Cubs play the Brewers, the Milwaukee team, twice today in a split doubleheader. And Gabe will have a chance to wonder if Bears part owner, Bears owner Aaron Rodgers will just continue to dominate. We'll talk about that next on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.